Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. This is episode 161. We are still in Daniel chapter 8, and I have something important to share with you in this episode. In fact, I'd like to have a heart-to-heart, and not just about Daniel 8 or the entire book of Daniel or the book of Revelation, which we've covered, or the biblical uh, sections, biblical prophecy sections in the Gospels. I want to share with you something that applies to all of this teaching in the Scriptures regarding biblical prophecy. And in fact, if you've been hearing me, in some senses, what I've been sharing should sound quite revolutionary, and it's this. Unless you've studied uh, biblical prophecy a good bit, um, what I have been teaching you should really cause you to kind of sit up and it would catch your attention because what I've been sharing is not the perspective that is taught by the majority of those who are your favorite Catholic authors or apologists or broadcasters or scripture scholars or theologians. And I'm afraid that you're listening to these broadcasts, Luke 21 Radio, and saying, yeah, this is really good. This is really insightful, this or that. And then you're hearing the rest of it, not realizing that I'm teaching a pretty stark contrast from, I would dare say, a majority of those commenting on biblical prophecy. Now, on the other hand, uh, I would hope that what I am teaching is not at all revolutionary. Why do I say that? Well, first of all, I try to show you how the perspective I'm teaching fits in with the Scripture, but other people can do that too and come up with very different conclusions. Uh, one thing I want you to know that what I am teaching fits perfectly with the Catechism of the Catholic Church, the sections particularly dealing with the end times. Uh, far as I know, 100%. And it's also in line with what St. Augustine taught in the prophetic sections of the City of God. So, Really, what I'm teaching is non-revolutionary, but I'm afraid that many Catholics don't realize that those who they love and teach 99.9% of everything they teach is just wonderful and excellent, but when they come to biblical prophecy, they're teaching something in contrast to the Catechism of the Catholic Church. So, wanted to put that out there. Now, and I'm going to go over this again. You probably think I'm a broken record, but this is so significant that if you don't get this, you really don't get biblical prophecy. Because if you're going to study Daniel, Revelation, Gospels, um, you have to have this. Okay, there's one group, one perspective of biblical prophecy that is what I would call futuristic. And the most popular form, not the only form, but the most popular form of this today are the dispensationalists, and that's a big word describing those who believe in the rapture at any moment theory. And so the futuristic perspective would look at sections of Scripture 
the talking about the tribulation or persecution uh, coinciding with or before, during, or after, depending on your perspective, the tribulation period. And they would say, well, <laughs> not too much to worry about because the true believers will be taken away from the earth before all these terrible things happen, before the persecution start, and all of this. Okay? So it's kind of removed from us because it's futuristic. And then, and I'm kind of wondering if it's not in reaction to the excessive futuristic aspect. Because then there's the historical aspect, or the term for it is the preterist aspect. And I would say the radical preterist. And what do I mean between preterist and radical preterist? Well, I consider myself a preterist in a sense that I recognize that a large portion of Daniel, a large portion of Jesus' teaching on the end times, a large portion of Revelation is historically rooted. But I don't nail it down. I don't cement it to the uh, historical period. I recognize that it can have both past, historical, and present. But the radical preterists, just like the radical futurists, want to separate it. And when you think about it, and this might sound really crazy, but if you think about it, the preterists are kind of like the dispensationalists in that they say, well, this doesn't apply to us. Uh, you know, the dispensationalists say, well, it's all future and we'll be raptured before the bad stuff happens in the future. So nothing to worry about. Preterists, that's all historical. Don't get all shaken about it. And, you know, so-called experts are telling you this. Um, I'm saying don't buy it because the catechism does speak responsibly while recognizing the authors of the catechism that these things have historical roots, recognizing there's a future aspect. Now, there's a book I just got, and I get a lot of books, but uh, the title is indeed a mouthful. Let me give it to you. Theology in Three Dimensions, A Guide to Triperspectivalism and Its Significance. Now, that's a mouthful. That was hard to do. Let's see if I can do it again. Try perspectivalism. Now, I checked three or four, maybe five online dictionaries, and try perspectivalism is not in any of the dictionaries. In fact, one of the online dictionaries invited me to make a new entry into the English language. I didn't have time because I wanted to get this broadcast out. What is try perspectivalism? Well, it's basically three perspectives, tri-perspectives. And to approach biblical prophecy with tri-perspectivalism is to see prophecy past, present, and future. And it's so easy, see, if you you can, and it's possible, and the reason I know this because I have done it in the past, you can squeeze biblical prophecy into either one of these three temporal categories. And by doing so, you miss something. Now, this book, Triperspectivalism, was written by an evangelical theologian by the name of John Frame. And, and why I was interested in John Frame's work, 
He has an expertise in epistemology, and that's another big word, but epistemology is simply how we know what we know, and how do we think and perceive. And if we perceive certain things through a limited perspective, well, we're going to see everything in biblical prophecy through that mono lens. And it's very interesting, the book Triperspectivalism, got it again, is dedicated to another evangelical theologian by the name of Dr. Vern Poitras. And Dr. Vern Poitras wrote a book that influenced me significantly in the past, and its title, uh, Dr. Poitras's book, Symphonic Theology. What's symphonic? That's interweaving themes or harmonious arrangement. And rather seeing futuristic and historical or dispensationalist and preterist as something antagonistic to each other, is there some way that these are actually harmonious? That there could be three perspectives shown by the God who is outside of time but lives in a trinity, a triunity. And it's very interesting because Dr. Poitras had shown how some of the perspectives on dispensationalism shouldn't be just put down because maybe their futuristic aspects have some validity. And Dr. Poitras is an amillennialist. That's what St. Augustine is. That's what I am. That's what the Catechism Catholic Church is, okay? But there are many Protestants. You don't hear much about them, but there are many Protestants who are amill. But yet Dr. Poitras was saying, we're all looking through a kind of a peephole in a construction site And the more perspectives we get, the more accurate picture we're going to get of what it's teaching. Okay, back to Daniel chapter 8. Daniel chapter 8 is describing Antiochus Epiphanes, whose persecutions, tribulations, and abominations against the Jews occurred in the second century B.C., Okay, he didn't have an ego problem. Epiphanes means God manifest to Antiochus Epiphanes. He was, he was the divine man persecuting the Jews. So if Daniel chapter 8, and I described this an episode ago, is talking about Antiochus Epiphanes in a historical sense, and it is. It's describing the Medo-Persian Empire and then how the Greek Empire arose, broke into four pieces, and then from one of those four pieces comes Antiochus, okay? So if Daniel 8 is talking about Antiochus Epiphanes, the preterist or the radical historical perspective folks would say, no, all of Daniel is talking about what happened in the second century BC. And I pointed out last week, Daniel 8.13 talks about the work of Antiochus, his persecutions, and he's going to basically eliminate the continual burnt offering and commit the transgression that makes desolate. And that's what he did in the second century BC. But you fast forward two centuries, and Jesus said in Matthew 24, 15, see when you see the desolating sacrilege spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place. Well, you know, even those who take the 
teaching of the Gospels as the first century, you can't split these because Jesus was talking about something that was described in Daniel 8 as occurred in the second century. And then Jesus repeats that in Luke chapter 21. But yet our catechism, using many of the scriptures that we've gone through in biblical prophecy, speak of a final unleashing of evil. Antiochus was a type of the persecutions of the final Antichrist. Caesar, walking in the same footsteps of Antiochus, was a precursor of the final Antichrist. So what is it? Is it past, present, future? The answer is yes. It's the main point of Daniel 8. It's Antiochus Epiphanes. Does that mean all of Daniel is simply talking about something historical that occurred in the second century BC? No, no, not at all. Because in the chapter before, I argued that it's talking about the Antichrist in Daniel 7. And yet, Daniel 8 has a lot of characteristics of the Antichrist in Antiochus Epiphanes. Why? because there's kind of a thread of evil, just like there's a thread of good in God's plan of redemption from Genesis to Revelation. It fits together. So yes, Antiochus is talked about in Daniel 8. Antiochus is a type of Antichrist, just like Caesar. But I guarantee you, and a catechism guarantees you, And the scripture guarantees you, don't take a substitute from your favorite author. There is going to be a final antichrist. I'm Steve Wood, your Try Guy host. And you've been listening to episode 161 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at luke21.com.